What's going on, family? TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And welcome to a Friday edition of The Faction, powered by all things Bonnerfied, Bonnerfied Radio, Bonnerfied Media Group. Yeah. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are having uh, a great day. Hope you had an amazing week and you've got fun plans for the weekend. I know varying parts of the country uh, are either open or some are still trying to safely reopen. I hope you take whatever precautions needed. Uh, You don't have to go out just because people say you can. So go ahead and operate in some wisdom and do what's going to be best for you and yours shout out to everyone who follows us on instagram facebook and twitter you can do that at the faction show in addition thanks to everyone who uh subscribes to or downloads our podcast it is available of course on itunes google play or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and speaking of podcasts want to shout out our top cities for this week shout out to the folks in columbus ohio who have been checking us out they top things this week followed by newport news virginia my old stomping ground in the 757 and last but not least at number three this week it's the Bronx, the Boogie Down Bronx, New York. Thanks to all of our listeners joining us there. Our top three countries this week, the United States, of course, at number one, followed by our friends in Spain and in the UK. So shout out to uh, all of the amazing folks who are listening to the faction and consuming this wherever you are. All right. So let's get down to business. Lots of news to talk about. Uh, The AEW NXT battle continued this week. Of course, the Wednesday night war was very very interesting things were super super close this week as dynamite barely edged out nxt dynamite drew a viewership of 677,000, which was down seven percent from last week's viewership Meanwhile, NXT was down 6%, coming in at 673,000 viewers. So yeah, just a difference of 4,000 viewers. Both put on great, great shows. NXT, of course, was off the heels of their In Your House pay-per-view. And kind of the big news coming out of there is the heel turn from El Hijo del Fantasma, who turned on Drake Maverick. And we got to see both him and... And the two masked men unmasked themselves to all show themselves as a faction. And El Hijo del Fantasma is now known as Santos Escobar. So a very interesting faction. A whole lot happened there in that moment. And uh, certainly you can go back and check that out on the WWE Network. On the AEW side, we saw the debut of FTR, the team formerly known as The Revival. Their in-ring debut happened. Their first official talking encounter with the Young Bucks happened as well. We also saw an impressive TNT Championship title defense coming from the champion Cody Rhodes as he defeated Mark Quinn of Private Party. We're also getting a setup for Fighter Fest, which will happen on July 1st and July 8th, live and free on TNT for AEW Dynamite. So go ahead and check all of those things out. Again, two great wrestling products bringing us great action this week. 
Shout out to both NXT and Dynamite for doing a fantastic job. Speaking of that, there have been some changes in terms of WWE. If you'll remember, not too long ago, we made the announcement. It might have been about a year ago, actually, where SmackDown was going to be headed up by Eric Bischoff. Raw would be headed up by Paul Heyman. And then we started to see some changes. Bischoff was out very quickly and replaced by Bruce Prichard, who's been running SmackDown and now in a cost-cutting cut and in an opportunity to streamline things, Bruce Pritchard will now run both Raw and SmackDown with pretty much the same writing teams for both. Now, it's questionable whether or not you like the direction of SmackDown or you like what Bruce Pritchard is doing. As for Paul Heyman, he will return to and focus on his role as an in-ring competitor, which gets interesting because we've only seen him connected to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has not been seen on WWE television since WrestleMania. Does this mean we'll see a return for Brock Lesnar? Does this mean that we'll see Paul Heyman uh, perhaps grab another charge to benefit from his managerial skills? I don't know, but it certainly should be interesting to watch. And I'm intrigued. Some of you have sounded off on social media as to what you think this change for WWE is going to do. Will it make the Raw or SmackDown product better? SmackDown has been edging Raw in the ratings and Partially that is related to the fact that they're on a larger network than uh, Monday Night Raw is. However, it's only been about a 400,000 viewers difference between the two, which should be obviously a lot more on the SmackDown side. But neither of them are bringing in a gut-busting ratings. So some of you had a lot to say about this on social media. Johnny Youngblood said, oh no, I'm going to be bored to death. While Nathaniel Blackwood said, wow, that's interesting. And then Creative Artist 86 said, Vince is so out of touch with today's wrestling fan. This is why most prefer NXT and AEW over Raw and SmackDown. And I certainly agree with that. Will Bruce Pritchard be able to change anything with that? And how limited will he be, of course, by the hand of Vince McMahon? One of the reasons why uh, it's rumored that Bruce Pritchard was given this position is because he tends to think a bit like Vince McMahon. So this will be interesting to watch and to see. To be perfectly honest with you, I've been really bored with the direction of Monday Night Raw. I've not been exactly thrilled about SmackDown, but I've been a little more interested in that product than Monday Night Raw. I partially feel like uh, Paul Heyman's hands were tied when you look at the level of creativity that we saw from him, certainly during the ECW days and during the SmackDown days when he was heading creative over there. It was a much different look than perhaps the SmackDown we see now. And certainly the Raw of the last year doesn't seem to reflect the uh, full ability or capability of a Paul Heyman, given what his history has done. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Certainly there's been historically issues with Paul Heyman sitting in a creative seat under Vince McMahon. It almost always ends this way. This is like the third time this has happened. So maybe the third time's the charm. And uh, I don't know. But interested to see Paul Heyman back on television whenever that happens. Before we go, of course, backlash is 
this Sunday, and it is being led by a match that is already being heralded as, quote-unquote, potentially the greatest match ever, that match between Edge and Randy Orton. And we've been asked to talk about what we think our top matches are. Now, I think I may have covered this, but I do want to kind of add some color to it. So, for instance, I think it is an enormous amount of pressure to come into a match calling it the greatest match ever it's kind of like releasing an album and before the album saying this is the greatest album ever recorded or the greatest song ever recorded i remember hearing an artist at a listening party tell me that the song that we were about to hear was the greatest thing he had ever been a part of and if i told you who the artist was you would know how significant his history was and so him saying this for work with another artist really was profound. And when I listened to it, I didn't get the same feeling that he had. And maybe it was because he was in the experience and when in the experience, you may be able to have something different uh, that you remember versus us just listening to it plain. And so, uh, yeah, so what makes a great match? Well, I think there are a few things. Obviously, what happens in the ring certainly matters. I mean, that's why it's a great match. But I also think it has a lot to do with the emotion created in the match and uh, how well the wrestlers in the match are able to connect us to what they're doing. Think about it. It's like a great game, which great games can be deemed subjective, um, but it has everything to do with how you're connected to the people that are playing and uh, to me the greatest ones are the ones where you come into it with no particular buy-in but the athletic competition is so good you know the comeback is there or things have been super tight the whole game and that's what makes it great so in terms of what I think some of the top matches may have been over the years uh, I'm just going to give you three in no particular order uh, I think you have to look at Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat from Wrestle War 89. That was the third match in their best of three series where Flair regained the championship. Um, and to me, it was an amazing match. Again, there was a lot of symbolism, a lot of back and forth, which was amazing. And the match quickly turned Flair from being a bit of a heel to a lot of being a face when after the match he was attacked by Terry Funk. One of the other matches that I think is significant is Kazuchika Okada versus uh, Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom 11. Besides the fact that it is the longest match in Wrestle Kingdom history, some 46 minutes or so, uh, on top of that, it was the match to me that opened the world up to New Japan Pro Wrestling in this modern era. It's the match that really got us talking about both Okada and Omega. And I know for me, it's the match that made me get a subscription to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that match has significance on a lot of fronts. And then one of the other ones would be The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. I was there live for that match, and it just felt amazing. You just did not know what was going to happen. Coming into it, I didn't think or know it would be the greatest match of all time or even be in that conversation but without question that match to this day holds the test of time now there are tons of other amazing matches but I think the point of it is we didn't know with all of them going into it 
that on my list they'd make the list as you know among the greatest matches of all time i'd be intrigued to find out what you consider to be uh the greatest matches of all time but i'm gonna tell you coming into it i don't have high hopes for edge versus randy orton at this stage being the greatest match of all time um it requires something special to get us invested in a match where there's not a championship on the line where there's not a retirement on the line you know with taker and hbk it was his streak on the line and all of us wanted to see somebody break the streak and felt like Sean, Mr. WrestleMania, would be able to do it. You know, with uh, Okada and Omega, the IWGP championship was on the line. And again, the NWA championship was on the line when you're looking at Flair and Steamboat at Wrestle War 89. So, yeah. I have a hard time with the idea of them calling this the greatest match ever before it's ever happened. And I think it puts way too much pressure on Edge and Randy Orton to do something perhaps that we've never seen before. Uh, I would even argue that one of the greatest matches would be uh, Ricochet and Will Ospreay. And I think that match from New Japan was so significant because it changed the way that we looked at wrestling. It felt more like a Mortal Kombat fight than it did a traditional wrestling match. And again, we hadn't seen anything like that. So I want to hear your thoughts on what you believe uh, is the greatest match ever. And do you think that Edge versus Randy Orton will live up to that this weekend for Backlash? Let's talk about that by way of social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Certainly, we want to hear from you uh, in those spaces. want to remind you that if you ever want to check out any of our video uh, situations, you can always do that at The Faction Show, where we've had uh, several video podcasts for your consumption there. And last but not least, make sure you're following us uh, in terms of our podcast. Subscribe today on iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. All right, guys. Until next time, it's your man, GB, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and, of course, John Murray. Collectively, we are known as The Faction. Have a great day. Salute my people. Here we go. Salute my people.